individuals out there who love movies, love hearing about how movies are made, love writing, love podcasts, love American style, uh, the TV yep. sh- Bugs the Bunny t- fans, Michael Jordan fans, Wayne Knight fans. <laughs> uh, that's more. That's like that's like Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, Space Jam fans, nostalgia yeah. fans, people yeah. without personalities. Yeah. yeah, who love Space Jam and like love to bring up that the, the website's still up. Uh, you know, yeah. Because like Wayne Knight's in Space Jam is his most famous role. is <laughs> the guy in Space Jam who's friends with Michael Jordan for some reason. I think also like... Is this Bill Murray? Role. Or is this Wayne, Wayne Knight? Wayne Knight. It's like the... Wayne well, Knight's he plays role. like his assistant or something in that movie. Yeah. They're not friends. So. <laughs> I think they're friendly. He's definitely his assistant because he tells it to lace up his Nikes and put on his hands and everything and whatever other stuff that Michael Jordan was pitching at the time. Now, some movies are kind of, um, you know, um, subtle about their product placement. Uh, Space Jam... Not one of them. They literally have Wayne Knight like just say the name of products that Michael Jordan advertises. Yeah, he's like, he's like, this is a great O'Doul's. Yeah, it's like the unironic version of that scene in Wayne's World where they're like, you know, um, like doing all the advertising, like you know, for mm-hmm. the film, but it's just like, like when uh Wayne takes a sip of an O'Doul's and goes, "Wow, that's a good O'Doul's." <laughs> yep, Wayne's classic catchphrase. He says two things famously. He says, "Shwing." And he says, wow, now that's a great old duels. Yeah, those, those, uh, Wayne Campbell and Gal- Garth Algar love Gulf. a nice non-alcoholic beverage. Golf Algar. <laughs> yep. Uh, how old are Wayne and Garth supposed to be? This is a question that people, some people think they're supposed to be teenagers, which is insane because they go to bars and stuff and they drink. And like, like, so it's like completely insane that they think that. But how old are they technically like supposed to be? Like, I think they're supposed to be like 14. That's they can't possibly be fourteen. For one, they drive. For two, they mm-hmm. like go to bars and stuff. Like in the second movie, like they rent out a bar for like having like um like a big old thing and like you know like Tia Carrera's character, she's like obviously like an adult, um and like she's you know fucking Wayne Campbell. So I mean she's got to be, got to be Domino's ultimate deep dish. That's from a commercial. Uh, mm-hmm. Gotta be, gotta be. Domino's Ultimate Deep Dish. I believe that's how it goes. Uh, so that's another product placement. We're now doing product placements in this podcast in a way. Obviously, we're sponsored by O'Doul's, and we're sponsored by the Domino's Ultimate Deep Dish, which was a big pizza from the 90s that... Uh, yeah, remember the 90s? Yes. Yeah, remember the 90s. Wait, did we introduce ourselves yet? No, no I didn't say the name of the podcast yet. The podcast is... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, boy. People are going to turn this on and think this is Pod Jam, the Space Jam podcast. Oh, if only. No, we can't have any more. Which would definitely be a more successful podcast oh, yeah. than this is God. ever going to be. Oh, we, God. Could you imagine? Where we just every week talked about Space Jam. Like, we do one of those yeah, podcasts. We could do the Space Jam minutes or whatever. Just yeah, like exactly. the Star Wars minute. Just do yep. one minute of Space Jam, and, like, people would just be like, wow, what a great we, thing. We would actually be like, successful podcasters it'd actually be a thing mm-hmm. people would be like oh this is like a really fun like people we get people would like want to do it people would want to like you know advertise on it and it would just be like the biggest success like and i don't know about the biggest success but it would be like you know no actually, it would be the biggest success yeah yeah it'd be like 
It would be like our podcast followed by Avatar, followed by The Force Awakens, followed by Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We don't have to worry about it because once we finish writing the movie, we're writing a chronicle on this podcast. We'll be more successful than Babe Ruth, James Cameron, and um, Babe Cameron combined. <laughs> oh, Babe Cameron? Yeah. Babe Cameron is... Um, I was trying to think of anybody named Cameron. Well, I guess Kirk Cameron. I could have. I was just Kirk Cameron. Like, yeah, is that the guy that saved Christmas? Yeah, it's him. Oh, and cool. he, I love that guy. If you think he's a babe, he's a real babe Cameron, which is a combination of Babe Ruth and James Cameron's <laughs> name, and a long. Uh, that's the kind of um, clever, insightful um, sort of craft we're bringing to the writing of the script for the movie we are writing and chronicling with this podcast. That's what this podcast is about. It's about the two of us. Um, writing a movie is going to be a blockbuster action, super successful film. It'll probably be, it'll spawn like... Wait, okay, we're, we're five and a half minutes in. Have we said the name of the podcast yet? I think I did. I, I threw it in there. Chris and Matt write a blockbuster. I threw it in there. We haven't introduced ourselves okay. yet, but... Okay. Uh, I did say okay. the name of the podcast. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure uh, you only have maybe a quarter of my attention. Yeah, well, that's all I really need and you have a quarter of my attention and then i don't know where the other 75 percent of our respective together we have 50 cents of attention yep out of uh two dollars of attention i guess but you know it's the world uh, uh, and yep. on this podcast as chris was saying we're going to be writing uh a blockbuster movie which uh by the time this comes out you will uh Maybe have seen. I don't know. I don't know how fast movies get made. I've never made a movie. I've never written a movie. Hell, I've barely ever even seen a movie. The only movie I've ever seen is the trailer for Space Jam. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember anything about that trailer, but I bet. Oh, wait. Yes, I think. I think. Could you imagine if the trailer for Space Jam came out in 1929 and they played it on the big screen (laughs) and people screamed when they saw a spaceship on TV? Yeah. And they saw um, uh, they would they would say fuck you trade rolls at the station yeah yeah they, they would have said saw you give that the Razzie they would saw you Sammy Sam driving a train at them and they would have gone screaming from the theater yeah. They would have he, some great yeah. context for Yosemite Sam at that time in Although history. I, yeah, because obviously there's also like the famous scene at the end of the Great Train Robbery where the guy, the the bad guy, like points the gun at the camera and fires directly at the camera, which they do at the very end of Goodfellas for no reason. It's just a completely sort of gratuitous tacked on thing that most people don't understand. It's really Martin Scorsese is most self-indulgent. But I feel like it's in, really cool. Though. It's, it's really cool, though. I feel like in Space Jam, I know there's a parody of Pulp Fiction, which with Elmer Fudd and with Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam, and they have mm-hmm. guns because you could have guns in children's movies at the time, and I feel like they may fire them directly at the screen, like at the viewer, but I'm not sure. I know they use the guns to shoot out the teeth of one of the monsters, but the bullets mm-hmm. somehow mm-hmm. don't fall like continue going and go through the back yeah, they, of his they head. turned to there's dust no, after they reached the teeth there's no exit because it would have been a very very different movie if it plowed through his teeth and out the back of the monster's head yeah creating like a real sort of like a you know exploding effect from impact that didn't happen though the monster it would have been fine. great if at the third act of space jam roughly 60 minutes into the movie <laughs> they just blow a monster's head off it would have been very bold. It would have been like Pulp Fiction when Marvin gets his head shut off. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, involving a monster and uh, in a children's film. Yeah, in a children's film. <laughs> this is not a Seth Christ Ballistic Reckoning, which is the movie we're writing. Which I think that's the first thing mentioned the name of the movie we're writing. It's gonna be a blockbuster. People will get the, mm-hmm. people will know the name in time though, because there's gonna be I feel at least four Seth Christ movies. Maybe at the very Seth least Christ- they'll be eating out of a Seth Christ Pez dispenser at this time. Oh yeah, eating out of it. That's what people do with Pez dispensers. They eat out of them. You know, that's yep. what I think of what I get. Like I'm like I'm eating out of this Pez dispenser when I'm getting the candy pieces. I'm like man, I'm just. I'm using this thing to eat out of, but mm-hmm. yeah, there will be. Seth okay, <laughs> there will thought be we were gonna get some sort of cunnilingus joke there, but <laughs> instead you're just getting into the semantics of my phrasing. Well, I mean, did I think about going there? Sure, but then I, I thought, you know, for a second, I was like, you know, you stopped, I, and now, and then we were ended. We we were left with basically nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, not everything has to go in that direction. We don't have to work blue all the time you know sometimes you know this is a this movie is not going to be a hard r we can still we could still make you know some like kind of it's not <laughs> oh we're no. gonna have to cut that scene at the beginning the beginning of the film where seth christ shoots a small gun into a man's penis well i think that you could do that in a pg-13 movie and okay. we'll also have to be <laughs> very so sure. um, tasteful because as we established last week um, <laughs> Rip Torn comes out of a, a stall with his, <laughs> with his penis out. Oh, yeah, he out. took a shot. <laughs> yep. And then he, he comes out with his penis out, gets on a jetpack, and flies out of the gala with his penis hanging out of his pants. But we won't be able to actually show that. It'll have to, maybe we can Austin Powers it and have things always covering his penis. Yeah, or we'll just have like reaction shots of people looking at his like, penis. Oh my! But they do walk over to the toilet and they say, "Wow, what a giant shit! What a villain!" You can do that. That can happen, but we just can't. If we're gonna make a PG thirteen movie, and yeah. Speaking of Austin Powers, money, I believe there's a scene in Austin Powers where Austin drinks fat bastard's shit and then refers to it as a little nutty. <laughs> yep, and that's a PG thirteen movie, and it has all sorts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we could go that far. We just can't actually show. Joel Murray's penis, or even probably a prosthetic penis, like in lieu of Joel Murray's penis, in case Joel Murray is not the kind of actor who's comfortable showing his actual penis on camera. If he's not a Harvey Keitel or Michael Fassbender type, uh, because uh, yeah, you just know, in case, just in case, we'll have you know, uh, maybe we can. Because I mean, well, no, I was gonna say Step Brothers had like a prosthetic pair of testicles. That movie's also an R-rated movie. It's not PG-13 in any way, shape, or form. It is, and also like testicles are much more like, all right, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like you see a pair of balls. Mm-hmm. See, like, uh, what are you going to do? What are you what going, going to do? do? Huh? Yep. What are you going to do? Huh? That's a line from Goodfellas. You see a pair of balls. Oh, what are you going to do? And then wait, also- isn't there a scene at the very end of Goodfellas after they were shooting all those guns where De Niro looks right at the camera <laughs> and says, "Hey, what are you going to do?" Yeah, and he's like, uh. And then he's like, I'll see ya, you know, Robert De Niro will return in The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, a movie he'd make many years later and was not part of the Goodfellas cinematic universe, but they allowed him to put that into the world at the end of the movie because they, you know, Marty loves Bob or Bobby, as he's probably known sometimes. Marty love Bobby. Oh, yep, Marty love Bobby. That's why... <laughs> Papa love Mambo, Marty love Bobby. <laughs> Let's keep writing this movie. 
And let's not tell people. Jody love Chachi. Yeah, Jody love Chachi. Uh, Jody love Bobby. I wish Erin Moran was still alive. We could get her a role in this movie somehow. And I wish that Scott Baio was dead. And then he couldn't have a role in the movie. (laughs) You've been been threatening a lot of people on this show. That's not a threat. I didn't say, I just said I wish that Scott Baio was dead. I did not say I I want him to die. I did not threaten him in any way to reform. I'm just saying, pushing comes to shoving. It would be nice if Scott Baio was no longer alive. If Scott Baio, the actor famous for playing Chachi, Charles, who was in charge, and blah, 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 was dead. And then we could have his corpse in the movie and somebody could, like, um, uh, like maneuver, ma- manipulate his head like a puppet or something. Like, oh, hey, guys, it's me, Scott Baio. I don't, oh. think, I don't think he needs to be dead for that to happen. I guess. We could try that. Maybe. All right. Yeah, let's let's actually write some of this uh, movie. Uh, yeah, instead of another disturbing round of your weird dreams. <laughs> speaking of dreams, that's going to come into play. <laughs> yeah, speaking of dreams, yeah, Seth uh, returns home to the safe house, and mm-hmm. Dosh is there. She's making a delicious dinner. Uh, they're make, eating uh, chicken Kiev, and um, uh, she's like, how was it? And Seth goes, he got away, but I met the most beautiful... I mean... A very interesting woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, oh, tell me about her. And tell me Seth more. Says, tell me more. Yeah. And then they, they sing that yeah. song. Including the part where they he sing goes, that song. does she put up a couple minutes. <laughs> she wants to know if she put up Really a just trying to eat up time at this point. <laughs> yeah. We're doing a great uh, job of that. Uh, like, yeah. does he have a car? Wait. It's tricky, though, because that song's like a he said, she said song, but there's only two people. So it's a little tricky. Dasha has to sing both parts of it. She has to do the um, pig <laughs> yeah. lady parts and the T-bird parts, which uh, mm-hmm. and then like um, somehow um, uh, um, Seth has to be on both sides too. It's gonna it'll be kind of like um, the movie Split for a second, where he's got like a, almost like a multiple personalities or something. I haven't seen Split. It seems like uh, I don't. That, that is not. That's not the. <laughs> that's not what Click is about. I said split, not click. Click's about a magic uh, remote control. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were talking about the movie Click. No, yeah, not, so not that's the, not what that movie's about. No, that's about uh, Adam Sandler having a magic remote control and Christopher Walken's in it and David Hasselhoff's in it. And, uh, you know, it's not as bad as others. other Adam Sandler okay, movies. So, so, they, yep, that, they the so that song ends, and uh, Seth hasn't revealed any of it. He says it's classified after every one of her questions. And the two eat a delicious uh, chicken Kiev. Uh, they get butter everywhere because that's a that's a dirty, nasty dish. Yeah. And um, then they're like, oh, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. And mm-hmm. Seth and Dasha lay themselves down to sleep, hoping the Lord their soul to keep. Yeah. For if they In die the before bed. they wake, they pray the Lord their soul to take. Mm-hmm. And they, they're sleeping anyway, in the same bed. Anyway, uh, so... Uh, There's only one bed uh, in the same house. A nice... A nice soft haze surrounds Seth, mm-hmm. and he, uh, we, we are, we are welcomed into his dream, mm-hmm. and he hears a knock on the door, and who's there but uh, Spider Man? <laughs> and he says, "Spider Man, what are you doing here?" And uh, Spider Man flips up onto the ceiling and uh, lowers uh, the mask a little bit, and the two kiss upside down, mm-hmm. just like in the film Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Wow, you kiss." 
beautifully Spider-Man, and she takes, uh, and, uh, Spider-Man takes off the mask and goes, I am no man, like in the movie Lord of the Rings, Return yeah. of the King, and it's Jane Doe, and yeah. he wakes up in a puddle of sweat, and, and he's just like, then <sighs> he looks, he, he looks at the sheet, he looks down, and he goes, oh no, not again, because he clearly had a wet dream. And then he goes back. The, then he goes back to bed, and then he has the dream that Dan Aykroyd has in Ghostbusters, where the ghost gives him a blowjob. But this time, the ghost is Jane Doe, and he does the whole in a Spider-Man costume. Yeah, he does the whole cross-eyed thing that Dan Aykroyd does, and he wakes up and he looks down again. He goes, "Oh no, not again." Okay, we cut. We cut to. Uh, we cut to uh, the uh, FBI office uh, where uh, Seth is looking at a board where he's got a bunch of you know, push pins, and he's like, "We gotta get this guy." And that's when Ducky Darns walks in. And he says, "Ducky," and uh, Ducky says, "Who else would it be, kid? It's me, Ducky." And Seth goes, "Wait, I thought you were dead." And he's like, "Nothing could kill me." And Seth turns around. And he turns back, and it's Spider Man. <laughs> And Spider-Man takes off the mask, and it's Ducky. And Seth goes, well, now I've seen everything. You're Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, he turns around again, and he's in the safe house. And he, there's Dasha, and she's wearing a Spider-Man costume. And she takes off the Spider-Man mask, and it reveals Ducky again. And he turns around, and he's back in the hospital. And there's a doctor, but underneath the do- doctor's surgical mask is a Spider-Man mask. And Spider-Man is saying, Oh, you're going to need a lot of webbing to fix this guy's bullet holes because this guy's dead. And Seth goes, where's your bedside manner? And he turns around and they take it off the mask and it's Jane. And she goes, I'll show you bedside manner, big boy. And the two kiss. And that's when Seth wakes up and he goes, oh, no, not again. Yep. And he's pissed his pants. <laughs> he uh, goes back to sleep. He hasn't cleaned himself up at all. He just keeps going back to sleep. He's very tired. He wants to get a full eight just hours. Just lying in a puddle of <laughs> semen, sweat, and piss. And then he has a dream that's like uh, in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High where uh, J- Jane Doe, she's, uh, she gets out of the pool wearing a red bikini and a Spider-Man mask and goes, hey, Seth, you know how cute I always thought you were? And they start the music just going, brr, brr. That music from the movie. It's and then she takes off her bikini top, and she has two Spider-Man masks over her breasts because we can't show breasts in this movie. At this point, it'll be an R-rated movie. And then but you can show a Spider-Man mask. Yeah, and then they kiss, and then uh, the dream cuts to um, the next scene in the movie uh, where um, uh, Phoebe Kate sees Judge Reinhold masturbating in the bathroom, but this time it's uh, Jane seeing uh, Seth masturbating in the bathroom in the dream. And then she goes, oh, and then like, and then Ducky opens the shower and goes, way to go, hot shot. And then he wakes up from that dream and he's bleeding profusely from his nose. And he goes, oh, no, not again. And That's when Dasha wakes up. He goes, is everything OK? You are wet as hell. You were just covered in fluids. And, he's, and he doesn't want to let her know that he's been dreaming constantly about Jane Doe all night. Because obviously Jane Doe's all over his mind. I mean, he was been... Uh, having all this hot heavy romance with Dasha but now it's like there's another woman fighting over his heart and he doesn't want to let Dasha know that because I mean he's got to watch over her they have to be together because he's protecting her in the safe house for some reason they also in addition to uh, being colleagues and partners they also have to have sex yeah well they don't have to have sex but I mean like but they are are. we're the the writers I mean we could just say that they're not having sex 
Yeah, but I mean, well, they, they have because that's like she's the first love interest of the movie in the classic action movie fashion. But he's been introduced. Yeah, it's to Jane. true. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a good action movie where they just did it? They were just they just worked together. Yeah, but you can't. You can't. I mean, because like you know, like James Bond doesn't do that. You know, uh, well he does that with yeah. Money Penny. Yeah, but they still always flirt. Uh, yeah, with they each just. Other. Well, they do have. They have like some sort of weird chemistry. Yeah. They have a chemistry. I, I think it's like they know they'll never like actually do anything, so they feel safe, like you know, f- flirting and like it's like a a, a a sort of like a release uh, valve for them because they can be flirtatious and like banter and like have that sort of uh, tension. But there's there's no pressure of having to actually consummate it because Money Penny knows like the kind of person James uh, James Bond is, and James knows what kind of, like you know what kind of person he is, and he has too much respect for Money Penny. To sort of like you know, um, you have that sort of. Do you really think like, James respects Money Penny? I don't think James respects anybody. Hmm. Well, I feel like in the Daniel Craig ones, he respects. Well, I say he respects M, but he still will go against her in many ways and then sort of go behind her back. But he still, I feel like you know, has some begrudging respect for her. Um, but I feel like maybe in any Be- of the other begrudging. But in the other, movies, that's what everyone wants: begrudging respect. I I think it's the only person that gets. I mean, for from you know James Bond, that's huge. I mean, from a de, for a de, from a deli owner, that's a rave. To um, uh, quote a old commercial, I don't remember. I already know it is a reference from other podcasts. Because uh, he doesn't respect anybody else. Kind of like how Seth only respects one man, Ducky Darns, and now he's dead. So Seth respects no man and no woe man. He's a lone wolf who's also got romantic feelings for two women and is involved with one of them and is pondering being involved with another one. But he doesn't want to let Dasha know that because he doesn't want to complicate their situation. And he doesn't know, like, if Jane's, like, you'll And also, see Jane I mean, again. let's be honest. Let's be honest about Seth. He's a coward. He should uh, tell Dasha. Yeah, he's a. Uh, very brave and also very much a coward. And also, he hasn't been at the LAPD for a long time. He's probably been fired. We should have, like, seen. Like where he gets a like a phone call from the LAPD, like, "Hey, you haven't been at work for a while. We're gonna have we like gonna have to let you go." Like, I mean, your job is very important, and like not having a like police officer show up for duty is kind of a big deal. And he'd say, "Well, uh, he's be like, damn it, it blows my cover." I'd be like, what are you talking about? Blows your cover? I'd be like, never mind. Then they'll hang up the phone. So is uh, that a scene that's gonna happen right now, or is that a scene that's gonna happen later? It can be the next morning. <laughs> He'll wake up and that'll be the, first, okay. the next scene. He gets that phone okay, call. It just cool. it, it sort of just handles that because like it, the scene seems to be pretty much like it, it's like says like, oh no I'm fine nothing's happening, and like and then he's like you know go back to bed Dasha I'm gonna go back to bed I gotta get my forty winks I gotta get my beauty sleep I'll clean myself up in the morning by then all the blood and semen and urine will be all you know dried up and it'll be an easier clean. So yep, that's or, how that works. <laughs> or the opposite. Uh, demonstrably, it'll the either be harder or easier to clean. But uh, we'll have to worry about his cleanup next time because that's the end of the scene. Yeah, and then we just described the next scene, which is him getting fired from the police station or the, you know the LPD. So he doesn't have his cover anymore, but he doesn't really need it because like uh, you know Rip Torn's already very clear who he is and does so like. Being able to like hide behind that doesn't really matter when he's confronting the WNBA because they they already had, know everything about him, and Dasha and perhaps uh, Jane Doe as well. In fact, let's uh, throw in one more quick scene here before we end this episode where um um like say um Slugger McGillicuddy 
is bringing intel to Riptorn about Jane Doe because they want to get more information on her. And so it's like they've got their inside sources, you know, because they got, because, you know, it's like, Seth Slugger be like, even be like, our man in the government has brought us this, you know, uh, gotten us this intel. And he looks it over, he's like, hmm, CIA, interesting, interesting. Hmm, okay, okay. And he's looking over and he's like, you know, he'll say some things about Jane Doe. It'll let us, it'll let us the audience, know more things about her too, because right now she's still quasi mysterious. This will get us a lot of expositionary information on Jane Doe. It'll get her sort of established as a target of WBA. And then, because um, then um, there's going to be, there'll be like a to do list whiteboard in the WBA headquarters. And it'll be like number one, world domination, or number two, kill Seth Christ. And then number three was going to be like change kitty litter. But he wipes that out and then he writes in um, uh, kill Jane Doe. And then number four still killed Asha Slayer. She was behind Kitty Litter previously. Well, what's going to happen to this Kitty Litter situation? Did he already uh, do that? They'll move it down to five. He'll write down five. Like, he'll add, like, a number okay, five. Good. And then they'll be like... And then Will be you like, get to meet this cat? Uh, sure. We can do it um, uh, right now. The cat will come up and be like, meow, 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 <laughs> meow, meow. And then they'll be <laughs> okay. like, oh, there you are, Mr. Middens. <laughs> and Mr. Middens will jump into Riptorn's hands and he'll start petting him be like who's a good kitty and then be like dipshit giuseppe time to clean the cat litter and dipshit giuseppe be like duh okay boss and then we'll watch him clean out the uh, cat litter box yeah that'll be up five minutes <laughs> and then uh that's where we'll end this episode well that'll be like the, the last thing we'll write today is uh a in real time scene of dipshit giuseppe <laughs> cleaning out <laughs> Uh, Mr. Minutes' cat litter box. Gross episode. <laughs> yeah, it's still That's a PG-13 movie. Kids love that stuff. That's why there's all those sort of like bathroom humor jokes and like um, movies like Ralph Breaks the Internet, I'm assuming, and movies like that. Yeah. All, all those sorts of jokes about, you know, potty humor, as the kids call it. Um, but yeah, so that's obviously a great section of the movie. We get to be really creative and interesting, have a lot of, you know, dream sequences. It allows us to play with the form of the film, a movie that's already mm-hmm. had a lot of insane things happen that doesn't really justify us needing to play with the form because clearly we are not really sticking to the tethers of normal reality, but we don't need to do that. It's a, it's a movie. It's cinema. I mean... Yeah, we can edit later. You know, right fat. Yeah. I mean... If I mean Guardians of the Galaxy is super popular and Doctor Strange is super popular and crazy things are always happening in those movies, why can't crazy things happen in our movie? In short, they can and they have and they will continue to do so, because that's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I like it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So that's what's gonna keep you on happening. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I've been writing this movie alongside you. Uh, I mean, I'm. We're equal partners in the Seth Christ colon ballistic reckoning experience, which is going to make us both rich as astronauts, which will be great. Uh, so All right. Yeah, this movie, I don't know how, what part in terms of the total length of the movie it is, uh, but and I think we're really starting to pad it out really well by saying things uh, that are going to happen that take up a lot of minutes of time, so... <laughs> and, yeah, but, well, you know, every movie now has to be at least three hours. Yeah, movies take forever now, so we don't have to worry about it. If it's a two and a half hour movie, it's what people expect. So we're good to go on that front, especially from mm-hmm. action films. All right, so, uh, well, we never said, we never really actually introduced ourselves. Uh, I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm Matt. 
And uh, now time for plugs. Uh, check out all the other podcasts on the Gabber Media Network. Um, uh, our podcast there too. And we're available to subscribe to like uh, and listen to on all the podcast places. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Uh, got an RSS feed. You can just go to GabberMedia.com to find out you know more about us too. So all the links for subscribing to stuff are there. Also, you can find those links if you go to our Twitter at CNM, write a B. And also, if you want to talk to us, you know, tweet about the podcast, you can do it there. Or you can email us at chrismatblockbuster at gmail.com. We have individual Twitters, too. Uh, I am uh, at chrisxmorgan. I am at mshimkowitz. And so ends another riveting uh, section of movie writing. We're really uh, firing at all cylinders. For two people who have never been in a movie before, we're pretty, pretty good at it, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the deal with people saying that it's hard to write movies? Yeah. Who are the anyway, ad that, that, should be that, the, that should be the end of this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've done the plugs. Now we're just, um, frankly, wasting not just the listener's time, but our time, <laughs> which has, I mean, which is not. Yeah, you know, I think I hear my mother calling. Oh, I think I hear your mother calling, too, from my bed. Oh! Ow. Okay. See you next time on Chris and Matt, Write a Blockbuster.